0: Beyond Synth, Season 7, Sequence Commencing in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1
1: Hey there, welcome to the show, this is Beyond Synth, episode 206, and today I will be chatting with Ultra Buzz out of Vienna, but not before we listen to some awesome music, so how is everybody today? I like leaving a pause so that you have time to answer. Make this like a call and response thing, man, like I'll just ask you questions and then you can answer them as if we're in conversation. Hey man, how's it going? (laughs) Yeah, I hear that Really? Yeah, no, I've I've seen a bit of it Yeah, 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 yeah It's good, though? Alright, I'll check it out Hmm? She did what? Who? Well, I'll tell you what Seriously, though, if you guys are having problems, uh, what will really clear that up is some awesome music. So how about we listen to some? I had a hard time picking what was going to be my first track this week because uh, there's a lot of good ones. So I'm going to play this track from Let's Talk. This track is called Breathe With Me, and uh, it's really catchy, and you're gonna love it. And it's brought to you by the King of the Pattersons, Chris Dance. (laughs) Because he's a cool guy. So let's listen to this now. This is Let's Talk with Breathe With Me. And that was Breathe With Me by Let's Talk. And that is a cool song. And it is brought to you, or was brought to you, by my uh, awesome uh, patrons. There's 6mil with the 8484 and Mike Shima with the 82. You guys are all really awesome people. And we're back here on Beyond Synth. Don't forget you can check out all the artists I feature on the show by clicking the More Info button underneath the episode. If you're listening on SoundCloud or YouTube or wherever, don't forget to check the More Info button. But I also post the links to all the people on Twitter and Facebook as well. So if you're ever listening and you're like, Oh, I need to check these people out. Well, you can check them out, damn it. So what's going on in the world today? I finished watching season one of The Boys. So maybe we'll do like a review in a later se- uh, later season, a later episode. But I did uh, really enjoy it. It was a. It surprised me. It was better than I thought it was going to be. So that was a good show. Ends on a wee bit of a cliffhanger, uh, but we'll uh, we'll talk about that. And I am almost finished the Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance. I got two more episodes to go, and then I will tell you my feelings. But uh, I I'm really enjoying it. So I'm I'm happy they made it. I'm happy they made it the way that they did. I think it's pretty cool. I have no major issues with it. It's all minor stuff. It's like there's a, there's a few characters in there that I'm not mad on there's some CGI embellishments which I'm getting used to now, but uh, we're a little distracting at first. I'm talking about the Skeksy tongues, because they've got, like, CGI tongues. Uh, and there's uh, there's some other CGI in there, but I don't... It's not that distracting, because it's a, the show features puppets as the leads. So even though some of the CGI might be slightly cartoony, it doesn't feel wrong, because it takes place with puppets, you know what I mean? Whereas if it was, like, live-action actors with that same CGI, it might be a little questionable. Questionable, but uh, overall, I think it's I think it's really good. So we'll we'll do a review of that too. Maybe I'll save all this stuff for the family show. The next one we do because uh, I know Florence uh, is big into this stuff too, and she's she's finished it. So now I have to catch up. And I know uh, Mike and Marco will probably be watching it soon. I'll make them watch it. Yeah. So that's the plan, and uh, that should be a lot of fun if you like fun things. Anyway, let's listen to more music. So this was a track... Originally, I think I got in touch with this artist, Baddon, B-A-D-D-O-N, for the Chiptune show, but then when I was listening to his tracks, there's this little EP called Critical Point, and I thought this song was really cool, and it's not really that Chiptune-y. I think there might be a few little Chiptune-y sounds in it, but I just thought, you know what, this is just some cool stuff, man, so we should just listen to it, and uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, Jacob Wick! 4488, Mister Wick is a cool guy, and of course, there's City Hunter with the 42. You guys are amazing. Now let's listen to this uh, cool track by Baden or Badon, probably Baden, B A D D O N, with the track "Critical Point." And that was Critical Point by Baden from the Critical Point EP. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the 2666 Club. There's Hugh Hefna and Lucas Ceballos. You guys are awesome. And if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash so, what else is going on here? I'm looking up my movie news. Terrence Dix, one of Doctor Who's most vital writers, has died. That's the thing. Since I'm a classic Doctor Who fan, pretty much all Doctor Who news, like in terms of the classic show, is just obituaries. <laughs> like, that's all it is. Uh, so, whenever I look up uh, when there's any classic Doctor Who news, it's to let me know that somebody else has died. That's pleasant. Terence Dix, he was a writer in the 70s when I think classic Doctor Who was, I was going to say, At its height. He was there during the third Doctor era. They had this sort of quater Mass thing going on in the show. And the Doctor gets, like, trapped on Earth. And so he's got to work with, like, this military organization called UNIT. And then there's a bunch of alien invasions during that time. And uh, there's some good ones in there. But I would say the height was the the fourth Doctor in the, his first few seasons are probably the pinnacle of the show, but uh, there's all sorts of great stuff, and uh, and that is sad. It's funny, when you have a show that lasts for that long, there's so many people involved in shaping it, because nowadays with TV shows, obviously, it's like the showrunners go into these shows not only with, like, Bibles, like show Bibles, where they, you know, they lay out where the show's going and what the rules are and who the characters are, and then they'll often have, like, a multi-season already planned, which is good and bad. Sometimes, you know, when you watch a movie, it's annoying when it's already a planned like trilogy before you even like the first movie. Sometimes that's a little frustrating when you watch a movie that's good, but then it ends on a cliffhanger that leads into a bunch of shitty sequels, or that lead into nothing if the movie didn't do well. But in the old days, like, uh, you know, during the run of Doctor Who, like, there were no rules. There was no Bible. So, like, everyone was just sort of making it up. And they were pretty much making it all up for, like, 20 years before they started to, like, reference the show. Because that only happened in the 80s. Like, in 80s, Doctor Who is when they really started being self-referential and calling back old stories and, and having the characters like remember things from the past and do little clip shows and stuff, uh, because they never did it up until that point. And so, you know, it's like the culmination of all sorts of different writers and producers who sort of shaped the show and, and created the mythology over so many years. And I think that's uh, that's interesting and, and cool. But uh, look, I know you guys don't give a shit. <laughs> What do you guys care about less when I talk about Doctor Who or Goldeneye? Uh, probably Doctor Who, I imagine. Okay, let's listen to more music. This uh, is a really cool one from A Tray. Uh, I think it was just a single. It's called Body Heat, featuring L J E L J A Y. I don't know who that is. Hmm. Time to do some research. And of course, it is brought to you by. Oh, we've got a new patron, Simon Henley Willis. Thank you, Simon Henley Willis, for supporting Beyond Synth. You are a cool guy. Simon Henley Willis. And now, uh, let's listen to this cool track from Atrey. This is Body Heat featuring LJ. And that was Body Heat featuring LJ from A Trey, A-T-R-E-Y. And that was brought to you by my awesome uh patrons in the $25 club. There's Clint Dowling, Restless Nights. Hey man, I just got your shirt in the mail, so maybe I'll wear that. I gotta film some videos in the next few days. So uh thanks, man, for the shirt. It's very kind of you. And then Honeybeard, you are also in the uh the $25 club and are cool. And I believe are doing a show in November or something. Well, whatever. We'll we'll talk about that closer to the day, man. So I hope everyone's having a good day. I'm just looking at my movie news. Jonathan Frakes had anxiety attacks over his return to Star Trek Picard. So, you know, I watched some uh, Star Trek Next Generation episodes and we reviewed them with Florence and I will uh, go back and watch some more. But uh, what do Star Trek fans think of this Picard show? I think Star Trek is fine, and, like, I enjoyed the episodes I watched, but I'm not hardcore into it, so I don't know. Is it one of those things that you are cautiously excited about? Because you want it to be good, obviously, and obviously, like, Picard having his show is cool, but since it's modern Star Trek, I'm fearful for you that it's not going to deliver what you like about Star Trek, and it just ends up being some dumb action show with a bunch of old people. <laughs> I guess because everybody's old. So that is, uh, yeah, I don't know. But apparently Jonathan Frakes had anxiety attacks over his return to Star Trek Picard because I guess he's directing some, but he's also uh, acting. So I'm sure that will make you all happy. I saw the trailer. I did think that data looked a little weird in that trailer because he's older. So his face is like chubbier. So I think they were doing some like pretty heavy, like skin softening filter, but he kind of looked chubby in a way. But we'll see how that uh, how that plays out for you guys. But I hope it's good. I get bored of being disappointed by things, which is why I'm so happy that Dark Crystal is actually cool, that they actually did it properly. So hopefully it ends well. But, uh, but we'll talk about that, man, when it happens. Uh, so look, let's listen to more music. Here's a nice, classic-sounding synthwave track for you. This is Ferrari Kid with the track... Time Traveler. And it's brought to you by uh, my awesome patrons in the $25 Club. There's Tim Carlton, Johnny Five, and Emilio Astavez. And this is Ferrari Kid with Time Traveler. Kid with the song Time Traveler. That was cool. Your little synthwave vibes, and that was brought to you by uh, my awesome Patreon supporters in the twenty-five dollar club. There's Pattern Shift, Kempson and Martin Larby. Thank you all for supporting the show. So my plan is, I have a, I think my schedule, I have slightly more time this year because, as you know, it is hashtag Back to School. So today, uh, well, the kids went back to school, and I had to wake up in the morning, and I fucking hate it. Alright? When I was a kid, I mean, I didn't love school, but I didn't hate school. But the thing I always hated was waking up in the morning, and especially that September when the morning's cool... Although it's kind of warm today because the climate is sort of changing slightly. But uh, when, uh, when I was young, it was very cold in September. And so I always hated that, waking up early in the morning on September for that first day of school. And it's all fucking crowded and you're looking for the list to see what class you're in and all this shit. and So that's the part I don't like. And when you have kids, the thing is I have to relive that experience every day because I have to walk them to school. And that was the part I liked the least. Anyway, the point is the kids are back to school, so this year I might have slightly more time. Now, obviously that time could be spent editing videos and stuff, but I think even though I said this was going to be a Patreon goal, and it still is, when we reach a certain amount that I would start doing a like a guaranteed weekly Twitch stream, And that will be the call-in show. So I'm going to start doing that maybe next week. So I'm going to pick a day. Again, when it comes to live streaming, the audience for this show is international. There is never a perfect time. So anytime I ever plan to do it, it's always a bad time. And people go like, oh, I can't tune in because blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. Uh, But there is no perfect time in uh, an international sort of streaming situation. So I'm probably going to stream kind of like lunchtime-ish Eastern Standard Time. And I'm going to pick a day Normally this show drops on Mondays. I'm aware that it's been dropping on Tuesdays the past few weeks. That's just because there were just a whole bunch of long weekends and it was like the end of the holidays and we were like visiting family and then it was like a long weekend and then it was another long weekend and so it should return to normal soon and then that means that the show drops on Monday. The high five drops on Friday. The YouTube rerun episodes drop on Wednesday and then the high fives are going to start dropping which I think I'm putting out on Sundays. Anyway, so the point is I'm probably going to do it either Tuesdays Or Thursdays. It'll be one of those two days. And maybe we'll do like a two-hour weekly sort of show. And we'll just, you know, play video games, do call-ins and stuff like that. And then uh, hopefully you guys can uh, tune in and call in and do that stuff. So, look, let's listen to more music. And then we will be talking to Ultra Boss uh, in just a little while. So, here is a cool song from Couleur. That's French for colors. Couleur. Couleur. Uh, from the album Distance, and uh, this track is called Limitless, featuring Jocelyn Cortez, and uh, and this is a really nice track. I really liked this one, and it is uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the twenty five dollar club: Gregorio Franco and Blake Peterson. You guys are very cool people, and now let's listen to this. This is Cooler with Limitless, featuring Jocelyn Cortez. was limitless featuring jocelyn cortez from the album distance by cooler and uh that is a cool track uh i dig that one yeah well i dig everything i play you know that right that's the whole point is i i have to listen to so many songs all the time and i pick my favorite ones but then whenever we do the high five and i have guest djs you guys are always in there to uh be like oh those guys got the best picks well i think i got the best picks damn it maybe i'll take over the high five how about that uh but no that was a that was a great track and it was uh, brought to you by my awesome patreon supporters uh well there's ashley keegan with the 2049 and rachel bukelman with the 1985 i know it was one of the bukelman sisters who was saying like hey man start that stream up again i feel bad because i confuse you guys but you're twins so it's easy to confuse For me, anyways. I confuse a lot of people, so I can't keep people's names straight even when they're not twins. So when they are twins, that's when it gets fucking a little crazy. But uh, anyway, thank you for uh, supporting the show. And hell, what the hell, Jimpy. Jimpy with the 18. Jimpy's a cool guy. And uh, I thank you all for supporting Beyond Synth. Uh, We're going to be talking Ultra Boss in just a few minutes. I think I'm going to play one more track uh, before we do that. I was just... (laughs) I was just watching this stupid video. Uh, I don't know why this is on Gizmodo. Texas Whataburger location reopens after viral video shows mouse jumping into deep fryer. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it sounds horrible, but like, it, it's not horrible when you watch the video. There's just a mouse that's running, well, I mean, it's horrible because a mouse jumped into the deep fryer, but I mean, like, the, uh, <laughs> it's running around the counter, and there's, like, just some customer filming, and I guess they all want refunds because there's a mouse in the kitchen, but when you watch it, it's just such a stupid video because it says, like, the running commentary of the guy with his phone filming it, going like, yeah, I want my money back, you know, like, <laughs> (laughs) Ah, The internet While there's uh, lots of important news going on It's always good that the the real reporting Is still happening on the ground Anyway, it's a very important video And I think everyone should see it It's the most important video of our time. Uh, But look, uh, how about this? Let's listen to one more track, and then we will go and chat with Ultra Boss. So here's uh, some nice vibes for you from DX Digital, from the Taking Off EP. And uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $15 Club, Hampus ML, Ken and... Chatterack and uh and i hope you uh enjoy these uh these cool vibes this is dx digital with your smile that was your smile by dx digital from the taking off ep and that was brought to you by my awesome patreon supporters there's mads baron christensen prophet of jupiter and we will never forget the immortal chris salialane and now we are going to chat with ultra boss i apologize his microphone is not great. And uh, I think we probably would have got a better signal had we just tied two tin cans together with a string and uh, I just sort of... Shipped the one tin can over to Vienna, and we just recorded it that way. But we had a fun chat, so uh, we we still had a good time. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, Ultra Boss, he's big into Bach. You know, the music of Johann Sebastian Bach. And I think maybe uh, in honor of him, he's using a microphone that was also created in the 1700s. And, uh, and I... <laughs> this is... This is... <laughs> make fun of Philips microphone day. Uh, so look, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Ultraboss. All right. So uh we're here uh right now with Ultra Bus! How's it going, man? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. So, are you having a lovely day over there?
2: Yeah, the sun is shining, and I'm having some espresso, and I'm hearing your voice so everything is perfect
1: yeah (laughs) so you are uh you're in vienna is that right yeah have i ever talked to anybody in vienna i don't think i have what's vienna like
2: vienna is the um, the most beautiful city in the world according to forbes magazine and it's the most (laughs) livable city and uh, it won number number one city in the world with uh, living quality right before you guys, because number two is, I think, Toronto mm. or something like that. So, um, yes, it's, it's a very beautiful and, and very artful city with a lot of culture and, and art and museums and, and operas and all that shit. So... Yes, it's definitely a great city to live in these days.
1: So you are uh, PJ. So what is your what is your whole name? How do you say your name?
2: My real name is Philip Johann. It's uh, PJ short for these two names. So I have a double name, Philip Johann, and Beatri, which is Italian, because um, I'm half Italian. My mom is from Austria, and uh, my dad is from Italy. I grew up bilingually, so at home we only speak uh, Italian, and I speak German all around here in Austria. And I speak English to you guys and to most of my musician buddies. So that's pretty much it.
1: Do you go by, like, PJ in German? No,
2: uh, no, no, no. Everybody calls me Philip here. PJ was, was, you know, when I I used to work as a session guitarist and be a lot in California. And that's where people started calling me PJ, which is shorter for Philip Johann. Yeah, so PJ, uh, everybody's been calling me. DJ for for like 15 years now, or even longer. But, um, you know, usually my friends and everybody calls me Philip because that's, you know, the simplest form of doing that.
1: (laughs) I like making people explain their names to me. (laughs) So the point is, uh, you're a cool guy, you make uh, cool music, and there's a lot of uh, guitars and shredding and stuff like that?
2: Yes. I mean, I I come from a classical background, and uh, I play guitar... I started playing when I was 12 and I'm entirely self-taught. I don't do anything else besides music, you know, which is why I got pretty good at it because I never did any sports, I never did video games, I never really liked TV and stuff like that. So I'm always into music and guitar and producing and writing music and recording it. Guitar is my life basically, has always been.
1: So what did you start on?
2: I started with electric guitar. And then I got to classical guitar.
1: What's the learning like if you start with an electric guitar? Like, does that change the way you learn to play?
2: Yes. Well, people say that you should start in a music school with a teacher, with an, with an acoustic classical guitar. And that's one way of looking at it. And I did that, too. I, was, I spent one semester at music school when I was 11. 11 and a half when, when all this started. But it was so boring and so nonsensical for me that I quit after one semester and I said, it can't be true that this is what all my heroes went through because, <laughs> you know, my heroes were uh, like people like Slash and Eddie Van Halen and Brian May and Randy Rhodes and then. John Sykes from Whitesnake, you know, all these these long-haired rock guitar players. And I I said, what? Really? This is how you learn this? It's, like, impossible. But I said no, and I I went home, and I I started playing to my favorite records, like, imitating and trying to figure it out and doing it, because, you know, back then there was no internet, really, no YouTube, no nothing. It was 1995. So you were on your own pretty much, and you had to rely on a couple of books and magazines or maybe some instructional videos, stuff like that, you know. But it wasn't as easy as, as it is today to get information and, and, and t- tutorials and all that and have everything explained to you. So it was a, a pretty um, complicated process in the beginning, but I started by trying to play to my favorite albums, you know and and i was lucky enough that i had some form of success in doing that and that kept me motivated and going because it showed me that i was actually able to pull that off on my own so that's what i did basically i was i I came home from school and i got in my room and i played guitar the whole day you know it's like and I, i tried to figure out my favorite records and um the first records i played to and that i learned actually note for note were records like um You know, Appetite for Destruction and and stuff like that. Lots of Slash and then White Snake and Judas Priest and all my favorite bands and ACDC.
1: I had a sort of similar experience. I mean, like, I don't really play music, but I, I did, like, piano lessons when I was young. And I think sometimes there's just certain types of temperaments, you know, artistic temperaments where you just can't learn that way. And I remember... I, I you know, like we'd have the sheet music and I just wanted to play things that I liked and I just literally couldn't learn the other way. Like when they tried to you no, know, here's how you play this scale and do this stuff. I'm like, I don't I don't wanna do this. I wanna do like the Star Wars song. I wanna do like the Doctor Who theme, like I don't wanna play these things and so I literally couldn't learn the, the traditional way.
2: Yes, you need a lot of patience. And you know what helped was that I was a fat kid and I had no friends, so I didn't really have a lot of uh, alternatives on how to spend my days, you know? It's yeah. like, everybody else is going to parties and going around and all that shit, and, and I was fat and lonely, so the only thing I had to do was look at my guitar.
1: <laughs> and, yeah, well, uh, I should clarify, the only reason why that's funny is because you seem very fit and put together now. Yes, if, you, yeah. if you were still a fat guy, I wouldn't have laughed at that. I know, I, just... <laughs> I know, but
2: I'm not, so I am I find it quite amusing. Yeah. So. <laughs>
1: Just in case people think I'm just this complete asshole who laughs at fat people. I'm like, I want to uh, I want to listen to some music here, and we'll get this thing uh, started. So, this is a track uh, that you did in 2016. So, you did this thing with Vincenzo Salvia called Follow the Power.
2: Yeah, it's uh, my first EP in this whole scene thing.
1: Yeah, so I thought we would uh, listen to uh, the track Follow the Power, and then we'll uh, keep talking. So, this is follow the power by vincenzo selvia and now did you do this as ultra boss or as pj
2: no no that was before ultra boss i did that with with my name pj diatri yeah
1: all right so this is vincenzo selvia and pj diatri with follow the power And that was "Follow the Power" by Vincenzo Salvia and P.J. Deatri, and I am here right now with P.J., aka UltraBoss. So, how did you uh, get in touch with Vincenzo?
2: Oh, I just wrote him on Facebook. I, I saw his tune on the New Retro Wave channel. And I said, oh, my God, this guy's a genius, you know, because I love this tune so much. You know, it was called Extreme Pizza Power. (laughs) And I said, I had never heard a track like that before. Mm. And I was so excited about it. And I just looked him up and wrote him and said, dude, I love your stuff. Please, let's work together. And he was like, he checked out my stuff that I had so far, which was mostly like heavy metal and, and instrumental stuff and rock because I've been recording my entire life and putting out albums, you know, but it was a different genre. So anyway, he checked me out and I said, well, you're a good player. Let's do something. And that's what we did. We got together and, and wrote four or five songs and then put out an album. And New Retrowave immediately signed it and put it out. And there it is still available there on that record label. So that's how that happened. It was a very quick and inspired project. I think it took us maybe a month to do it. So it was a very cool, First move and first step in this whole direction.
1: Yeah, man. No, I love Vincenzo. That dude's hilarious. Although I haven't talked to him in a while. Last time I talked to Vincenzo, his accent changed. After marrying uh, his wife, who's uh, Ukrainian, his accent now when he speaks English has absorbed... Oh, it's
2: great. I mean, he, he used to talk English like Super Mario, and now he talks English like even Drago. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it's really cool. funny
1: though, because it did change. <laughs> yeah, but he still uh, he still loves the pizza though. That's the important thing. Yeah, I,
2: I love him. He's like a brother to me. We played together in Berlin last year at the Tech Noir in Berlin. Nice. And it was a great evening, great show, packed house, and, and, and that, it was the first time we met in person, actually, after doing that album before. Mm-hmm. So, um... You know he's a great guy, and I love him. And and, you know he's very successful. He's getting better each each year. And and more successful so I mean I hope I'll do another album with him one day
1: when I first started doing this show back in 2013 like he's one of the first guys I talked to and so it still bugs me that I haven't met him yet in person because we just have a lot of fun whenever we chat and uh, I I want Vincenzo to come here so I can make him eat North American pizza and just go to all the different places and he'll be so (laughs) upset
2: (laughs) yeah oh you're gonna gonna love it I mean every time I have to put on diapers every time I talk to this guy because he's so funny (laughs) and you know just, he's wonderful and, and and very funny, and it makes you laugh and, and crack up. So, I mean, I hope that you guys meet soon, so you know what I'm talking about.
1: So before, when you were talking, you mentioned briefly about being a session musician in in California. So what the hell was that about?
2: I used to play, uh, I record for with my friend Dan Alvarez, who is a producer. I worked with him on my Bach album. I did an album of uh, classical music, only Bach, music by Johann Sebastian Bach for guitar that I recorded and arranged and it's my biggest record that I ever did so I call it my life's work because I'll never do something like that again so and it's a, it's been a lifelong dream to do an album like that and anyway and I've been doing, I've been visiting my friend uh, Jason Becker who's a famous guitarist and one of the best players that ever lived and he's some kind of mentor and role model for me and I met him 10 years ago and I've been going back and forth to visit him in San Francisco and uh Dan Alvarez is his producer. He and I we used to to do a little bit of recording every now and then uh, for his projects that he has for movies, TV, or documentary stuff like that. So that's what I meant by doing session work, like a little bit of whatever anybody needs. It's a service that you do, but it's not about creativity and being, you know, original. It's about recording what's what's asked from you. And I did that a couple times, but um I never managed to live there because it would have been easier if I just moved to California. But um, I I never did that and I never really wanted that. So um, it remained something that I did for a while. And uh, also here in in Austria, well in Germany actually, I recorded some stuff for TV series and, and jingles, stuff like that. Just jobs that you get as a musician every now and then when you do studio work, which is getting less and less because everything is being produced digitally, so real musicians are not no longer crucial in this business.
1: Were you working for some kind of agency, or did people just know that you did this, or were you just... Like, how did, how did you get out there to actually get these jobs? No, no,
2: It was just for the project. It was never mentioned who the player was. You know, these were, like, absolutely uh, incognito stuff.
1: Right, but how would you get the job in the first place? Like...
2: Uh, always through Dan, you know. It's like he has this... He's a producer for movie stuff and, and documentaries. He used to compose music for documentaries. And he just called me up and said you want to play on this and that, you know, it was like that, but I never really got any credit and it was never really essential, you know, when, when you hear that now you wouldn't be able to say if it's me or not, you know, so it was, you know, just superficial work, but um, it gave me a reason to go to California and bring my guitar and just get some impression of this business and how these people work and, and what it's all about and stuff like that, you know. It was never my goal to, to become a real session player or, or a studio musician because I know that you would have to live in, in LA probably and, and take every job you get. That was immediately very clear to me that I'm not like that I don't really want that. I just want to play when I want and for how long I want and what I want most importantly. So it it was never an option to go into some kind of business with anyone or institutionalize my passion or my guitar playing for that kind of stuff. I would love to do original soundtrack stuff. You know but being somebody else's right hand or the, or the go-to guitarist is something that I wanted to try but it's not really something that I necessarily enjoyed that much yeah yeah so you can you can look him up I mean his site is called com, I think and he's he got two Emmy Awards and he's really a great musician and a great producer if you look on YouTube my two Bach videos that I did uh, where I'm all dressed up. And I'm doing, like, these arrangements of old Bach tunes, and and I produced that music with him, and he mixed that album and all that. So, you hear the, the level of quality that these guys have, but, you know, that's it, pretty much. It was an area in my life in the past, but it never really got anywhere.
1: Well, look, you know, you were this session musician, but then you rose above and you became Ultra Boss... Right. And then you put out uh, an EP called, uh, is it Kyrie Electron or Kyrie?
2: Uh, it's my debut album. It's called Kyrie Electron.
1: It's Greek. Wait, and, wait, uh, wait, Hold on. <laughs> so Kyrie? Kyrie. Kyrie.
2: Yeah, that's the original way of pronouncing it. It's a Greek word, an ancient word. And it's a word play, actually, because in sacred music, you know, in church music, there's this line Kyrie Elysium. Which means, help us, dear God, or whatever, help us, Father, or listen to us. I don't know, I'm not a religious person, but um, it's, it's it's like a, a, a sentence out of the Bible,
1: basically. Well, let's listen to one of the tracks off here. This is one you did that was uh, featuring Cody Carpenter. This is uh, Twilight Samurai by Ultra Boss. That was Ultraboss with the track Twilight Samurai featuring Cody Carpenter. And that was uh, from the album, I'm going to butcher this word now, Curia? K- Curia <laughs> Electron. Curia Electron. <laughs> I don't know why I did that to Electron, but uh, anyway, I'm here with Ultra Boss right now, PJ, and we're just uh, talking about session musicians and uh, stuff like that but now we're in we're into the Ultra Boss here so what uh, did you just reach out to Cody or how'd that work
2: yeah well I, I wrote to Cody like years ago because I wanted to ask if he was up to do a solo with me for a song of mine and he said yes and, he, and uh, then I met him in Vienna with his dad so we got to know each other personally and we hit it off from there pretty much. I mean, I think we recorded like 20 songs up until now. I recorded a lot of guitars for his stuff and he records, anytime I I ask him if he's available to do a synth solo, he says yes. And he's a, you know, we're friends, he's a great guy and um, I, I, I love his playing and his style and his musicality a lot, so that's how it worked. It was very simple, I just wrote him and I said, You know, I love your sounds and the way you played. Would you, would you mind recording a solo for a song of mine? And that's how it started. And, you know, and then a while, you know, while a little while later, he called me, said, Hey, listen, I need a guitar solo. Can you do that? And I said, yes, sure. And so we played ping pong pretty much with performance. on on each other's albums. And it's been going on for like this now for for two or three years, you know? It's like, we've been very productive together. I played on like, I think five songs on his last album and I'm doing an album right now where he will be on again. We just like each other's style and sounds. So I guess we're we're good to work together.
1: I see whenever people pop up on the scene and I see, you know, I'm, I'm aware of them. There was this video you posted that that's where I sort of like, okay, I like this guy. And it was that video with you and Sebastian Gample I guess you're just sort of jamming or something, and he's playing piano. Yeah. And what I loved about this video, because this video makes me laugh every time I watch it, is just the passion. Like, music is so important to me, right? And so there's a lot of people when it comes to electronic music, not to malign anybody, but, like, there's people who approach it like math. You know what I mean? Like, you watch a tutorial, and you go, oh, you put the beats here, you do this and that. And so i love seeing when people really have sort of like passion for it and go and so what i loved was you in that video uh you know and he's like playing the note and he doesn't do it quite the way you want and just yeah, <laughs> when and I'm, you're,
0: I'm
2: growing slightly impatient with it
1: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to me that's amazing like because it made me laugh like just you, the reaction on your face or nah 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 and you go and you yeah. start like playing the-
2: <laughs> that was the day after his wedding you know that and, I, you know, I played uh, lute and guitar on his wedding because we're like brothers. I love him to death. And, and we don't live far apart. You know, he lives in Munich. And we recorded an entire album together, which is supposed to come out maybe this year, maybe next year. I don't know. But because I did all, all the guitars and wrote the music together. And he is, you know, to me, he is the best. You know, there's none higher than him because he is a genius in many ways. And he's a great piano player, like a fantastic jazz pianist. And, and can play anything he wants really and and I really like him also personally. So we got this band going and we got an album coming out and it's everything's great. And on that video that you mentioned, I was trying to make him understand my idea of a ballad that I would want to work on with him. <laughs> so that's what you what you said. And and he's very passionate about music and we tend to have heavy discussions in the studio about how we want things done and stuff like that. So, um I can't wait for our album to come out and I can't wait to play live with him and to, to to see to have everyone go crazy about his playing and musicality. So, Sebastian Gamble is really and to me he's the number 1. He's like Mitch Murder. He's got this incredible high Standard of audio production, song structure, and, and a very, very uh, a great role model. And, and I learned so much from him when it comes to producing and arranging songs and writing songs. It's like he has been, like, you know, uh, a spoon of cocaine for me, like, I'm <laughs>
1: <laughs> i like pj he does it by the spoon
2: yeah <laughs> life's too short for anything yeah.
1: else. <laughs> sebastian's another guy I gotta have on the show he's got some fucking uh great tracks there's a few there that i listen to all the time me too the ones he does with was it with fucking tommy Reeves? is that the singer yeah tommy reeve is a
2: singer and that guy is a genius he's like they go well together it's like they're Marriage Made in Heaven, so he's singing on on that album too. So Tommy me, is the singer? So that's cool. And I hope it will come out soon, but you'll have to ask him about.
1: Yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. This and we, hey, this is Ultra Boss time, all right? So we can just say dispense with all this Sebastian nonsense, and we'll uh, we'll worry about him another day. But we're going to focus on you right now, and it's important to remind everyone that earlier you said you played a lute.
2: Yes, I do play the lute because I play, you know, my my actual real. Passion lies in the music of Johann Sebastian Bach. You know this whole ultra boss thing and all that. It's it's all nice and well and all that, and it's a lot of fun. But it's not why why I'm here. You know, so I, I actually spend each day playing and practicing the music of Bach. In that case, is lute sonatas. You know, pieces that are played on the lute or lute guitar. So that's my actual destiny and passion, I believe, and that's what's been going on since i was 13 years old that kind of music has a very special and unique quality that does something to you that i cannot explain but if you you know absorb these structures and these harmonies with your ears and then you process it and then you play it yourself and all that it does something to you it's, you know it's really beautiful and it's a very very exceptional uh, experience and so Bach is my favorite music out there and it keeps you on your toes first of all, I mean it's got everything you need to keep your, your chops fresh and to stay where you need to be and you'll learn a lot about music and, and about the construction and the purpose of music so um, that's very very cool and that's why I'm actually a classical musician, rather than a synthwave musician.
1: What a <laughs> it's lovely that you say all that stuff, and then we're going to go right back to the ultra boss. So, yeah. To- <laughs> so the- <laughs> No, we could, we could talk more about it, but I want to listen to another track. I actually thought maybe we'd just actually listen to the Curie C-Curie Electron track. Cur- Fuck me. <laughs> you you announce it. This is the track uh, featuring Raleigh Rocket.
2: Yeah, Curie Electron featuring the great and fantastic and attractive and powerful Raleigh Rocket. <laughs>
1: and that was Ultra Boss featuring Raleigh Rocket with the track
2: Curia Electron
1: (laughs) (laughs) perfect since you are focused a lot on these uh, these sort of classical instruments and stuff, I mean, you still are doing, like, the synth work and shit on your, like, Ultra Boss things as well, though, right? Yes,
2: yes. I have a couple of synthesizers, and I use them. And I produce everything. I do the drums, the bass, pads, the everything else. So I just come up with the entire thing. But that's easy compared to what, what I do on uh, the other... Part of the day, but it's, it's really, I love to produce and arrange and to learn by doing that and to grow as an arranger. You know, and what I really want to do in the future, besides all that Bach thing, is like becoming a songwriter, going more into the direction of becoming a real actual songwriter like, you know, Barry Gibb, Paul McCartney. Barry Manilow, all these people who actually write great songs. And I'm, and I started doing that with my late, you know, with my latest release, Slave to the Passion, where I have a couple of really poppy pop songs, you know, like synth pop songs, which are actually real songs that I would like to see as my Michael Jackson songs or stuff like that. You know, it's like I want to mature stuff. And, and thankfully I got a lot of great singers that are willing to work with me and sing my stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm actually working on, writing great songs rather than instrumental synthwave stuff. Yes. The challenge is to really focus on that, on the lyrics, on the melodies and the harmonies, rather than the chords and the song as you would do it in an instrumental synthwave song. So that's my my goal for now. But we'll see how how things change.
1: Yeah, well, there's definitely like a lot of really catchy ones. Like I say, whenever I have people on the show for the first time, I like to go through their catalog, start at the beginning and sort of like work forward. So in case anyone is concerned, we'll get to Slave to the Passion in a few minutes because, uh, yeah, there's a lot of great songs on there. And also you did one with this dude. Well, we'll talk about it when we get to it because uh, with Robert Beechgrove, I don't know who he is, but I know that there was this song by 4A Devin, or or 4A Van or whatever and uh, for the longest time I didn't even trust that song because it was too good.
2: I know, I know. It was the first time I heard 4A Devin and they had Robert Beachgrove and I had this guy singing and I and the funny thing is I had a very intense relationship with that song because I heard it the whole night when when I split up with my girlfriend in 2016 so it was like one of these songs that you listen to when you're like in a very tense emotional state and when you're like you know, not doing great and stuff like that. So that song really meant a lot to me in that period of time. It still does, but, you know...
1: This is going to sound like a weird thing to say, but since I've been doing this show, see, I'm always listening to sort of independent uh, electronic music. I mean, that's what I do here. The thing is, sometimes there are songs that pop up, and maybe it's my lack of, of, like, musical history knowledge and stuff where... I just thought that damn song was so good that I kind of didn't want to play it because I'm like, there's no way they made this song. I don't know why I felt that way about Hold the Night, but like every time I listen to it, I'm like, this song is, is like too good.
2: I know, I know. I had the same feeling. It's like, this is surreal. It's better than the 80s and it's, it's so good and I, I want more. And then I was really pissed when I found out that they don't have an album and they're single or whatever. I mean, for de they don't really have a lot of stuff out there, but what they have is like really, really great stuff. It's uh, absolutely surreal. It's bizarre how good they are. And I was obsessed with Robert Beechgrove's voice from that point on, because I said, I need to work with this guy. It's like, I'm going to kill myself if I'm not going <laughs> to write a song for this guy. You know? <laughs> so I wrote to Forêt Devin and I asked him, how can I reach this Robert Beechgrove guy and all that? And I even when I met Robert Parker in Vienna, I told him, listen, I know you guys are all Swedish and I know Forredeva is Swedish and all that. So help me get you know, get a grip on this Robert Beechbrov guy and all that. Mm. <laughs> so it was a fun phase because I felt like Inspector Colombo trying to solve a case because all I wanted was to talk to Robert Beechbrov. And after like a couple of weeks of doing intense research, I finally got his email and I finally got him to answer me. And we have been working together now uh, on a couple songs. So and he sang my great anthem that I wrote to celebrate my my own studio when I when I set up my own studio because I wanted to be free and, and independent recording wise. Uh, the first song I wrote that night was "Slave to the Passion," and it was like there in like a minute. You know, I felt so inspired that this whole thing came up. Including lyrics and melodies and everything it was there in a couple of minutes, you know, and I and I knew that, that this was gonna be for Robert and um, Thankfully he liked it and he was more than happy to record it and um, he did a fantastic job And I sent him a version where I sing it so he knows exactly what to do and all that and, and so that's how that got it and it made me so happy and so proud and so excited that you know, I have a song with Robert singing out there because to me, he is the greatest singer in the scene. And uh, even personally, he sounds like, you know, the originals, like Kenny Loggins, like one of these, or Peter Cetera, all these great 80s singers. And he's he's right there. I mean, he's got this great voice and, and great ideas. And he's a fantastic musician, in my opinion. So it was a dream come true to work with him and to have him on my record, and um, right now I'm working on another tune with him, you know, I hope to have him on every future Ultra Boss album, it's just such a privilege to work with him and to have, hear him sing your own stuff, that's just, that's like, gives me the chills.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, um, ah, fuck it, let's just, uh, play the damn song, I had a few other tracks I wanted to play first, but since we're gonna be here, uh, gushing about Robert Beachgrove, we might as well listen to Slave to the Passion... By Ultra Bus. And that was Ultra Boss with the track "Slave to the Passion" featuring Robert Beachgrove. And I'm here right now with Ultra Boss PJ. We just talked a lot about Robert Beachgrove. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I know it sounds weird because it's like I think I think my problem with with Forêt de Vin is that they only have a few songs like sometimes you can see the evolution of an artist and with them it's like there's no evolution it's like there's just this sound cloud where there's just like like four really really great songs and that's it
2: i know i know i felt the same way it's so surreal where do these guys come from where do they get their inspiration why do they produce on such a high level and why don't they tour and play shows and do more stuff
1: or yeah, even sell sweet. the damn music. That's the other problem. It's literally like, the reason why I have Hold the Night on my computer is because I ripped it from SoundCloud. Because that's the only way to get it, like, literally. I you know, I
2: know. I did the same thing because I was addicted <laughs> to that song, you know? It's like, I didn't want to have a life without that song. So I, I had to steal it. And But anyway, I don't care. It's like, they are geniuses in my opinion so i'm i'm hoping that they will actually release some long players in the future or more stuff
1: when you're saying like when you were a kid and you know you were all about the music like so literally like you don't have any outside hobbies like it was just like all day you just sit there strumming the lute or whatever? Like, Yeah, I
2: pretty much don't have any hobbies. I love cooking. That's what I still do. But um, all the other things never really made it into my inner circle of, of energy or life because they felt boring and dull compared to music and guitar. And plus, if you really dedicate your life and your mind and your, your, your everything, your being to your instrument you know, it never stops, it never ends. It's a, it's a quest that lasts your entire life. And I felt that very early on. I felt that if I really want to understand this and be really good at it, then I have to do it 100%. And it felt very easy and comforting to do that. You know, I, it, it would have felt weird to me if I had done other stuff besides music you know like some sports or, or other things no it's like it's always been just music and it's always been yeah music and women that's an, an, <laughs> an, an alcohol.
0: <laughs> and alcohol and, and
2: and weed and all that other shit that are, yeah. the,
1: are these the the seven deadly synths
2: yeah these are my seven deadly sins. <laughs> But women are like three times in these seven.
1: I get that, man. I wish I could high five you, but we can't because we're on the uh, we're on the internet. But yeah, is there such thing as an electric lute?
2: Yes, there is. It's just a lute with a pickup. But um, I don't have that. It's like I never needed it. I'm, I'm thinking of getting one though because I play a lot of shows in churches and castles and you know and in very conservative and old-fashioned environments where I'm wearing like a tux and then stuff like that. So it's always good to have like an amplified old lute with you where you dominate the sound sphere. But um there are all kinds of old instruments being ready to be played in a modern setting with pickups and everything, but I-, I try to keep it as simple as possible. I'm playing a lot of these shows so I always try to get new gear and then enhance my gear and all that.
1: So you have long hair. Yeah. If you're dressed up in a tux, is it classier to put your hair in a ponytail or wear it down
2: well it depends you know i played the big Bachfest in leipzig germany in june which was like a a big dream that i had my entire life it was like a huge thing for me and it was a huge stage open air but still classical you know and that's when i put on my game show host outfit which is like a, a glitter tux and i had my hair open you know But usually I put it back with a huge ponytail and that's it. Because, you know, you sit there all the time and you look better with a ponytail sitting rather than meatloaf stranded or stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah, so I I usually put it back with a ponytail and the first time I played it, played a box show with open hair, (laughs) with my hair down was this summer in Leipzig.
1: So what is Bachfest?
2: Well, it's, a, it's the biggest international festival of his music, you know? I mean, there's a huge scene of classical music and then Baroque music in this case. And there are Bach festivals that, that highlight his stuff and his music all around the planet, there are lots of them in America, in Japan, and all over Europe. But since Bach lived and, and lived and died in, in Leipzig, Germany, they have obviously the biggest. Have to be the biggest one. It's just like Woodstock for classical people. And um, it was a big deal for me. And it was thankfully a success. I'm really, I'm, I'm glad it, uh, it went well. I'll, I'll show you the the footage when I get it from the organizers. We played a 70-minute set. And it was fantastic. So yeah, there's a huge scene there, and behind this kind of music.
1: So you had like other guys with you?
2: Yes, we play as a trio. Uh, We play harpsichord and accordion and guitar with three guys. And uh, the name of the project is Bachiana. We started out with just Kurt and myself with guitar and harpsichord. And now we are three people. We have a a girl, Chiara Massini, who is a a virtuoso on the harpsichord and a Bach specialist. So we're three now. We have harpsichord, accordion, and guitar. And we arrange, we do our own arrangements of the Bach pieces that we choose to play. And that's it. People love it because hearing these classical melodies and these old established tunes in a new shape with new sound colors and new arrangements is really something interesting for people who love this kind of music. So um, you, you'll get a better impression once I show you the, the, the footage from that gig. So far it's a lot of fun and it's, it's, it pays off well because we get a lot of gigs and we rehearse and once you get into this wheel of rehearsing, practicing, playing shows, rehearsing, practicing, playing shows that's really how you when you feel home, you know, it's like that's what I'm supposed to do that's what I'm supposed to be, and that's why I'm here. And you have this great sense of fulfillment and purpose when you do that.
1: Anyway, look, how about this? I want to listen to another track. And you have this album here called The Seven Deadly Synths. Yeah. Which was one you did in uh, 2018, and so I thought we'd listen to a track from that. This was the one you did uh, featuring Tokyo Rose, and uh, this one's called Lord of the Deep by Ultra Ultraboss. <music> that was ultra boss with the track lord of the deep featuring tokyo rose and that was back in uh, 2018 a lifetime ago well yeah in music it surely it is. yeah i mean especially in my thing because I, I work all the time
2: and i could release four albums a year you know but people hold me back and say you can't put everything out as soon as it's done Savor it.
1: I don't know. I don't know how people do that, man. I don't know how people hold on to stuff when they have it. Whenever I make anything, I have to put it out immediately. Like if it's finished, it has to just be out there now.
2: I know it. I know it's like you need to go to the toilet. Your your brain needs to take a shit and so let it go, man. You know. So I mean, why, why hold it in? You know.
1: What a, what a metaphor.
0: Yeah,
2: I'm good with metaphors. <laughs> but um, and I, I actually I just released Slave to the Passion a double album in April or May and now I have another album ready that I want to get out within a month now it's called This is Shred Wave and it's supposed to be like a really heavy Shred Wave with a lot of guitar, all instrumental EP. I work all the time, I produce all the time, like every day, and I go to the studio every day and um, work on stuff, you know and as soon as it's done, I have to release it, or I hand it to someone else so we can do a collab, you know, and collaborations are a lot of fun, because I I think the more the merrier, the more people work on a tune, the, the, the more interesting it can get. I got a lot of great collaborations coming up.
1: So you just put out Slave to the Passion, I think that was like the end of June immediately afterwards, like a few days later there was *Slave to the Passion 2 which was mostly like instrumentals right
2: it was entirely instrumental I wanted to do my own you know I'm a big Guns N' Roses fan and I grew up with their albums and there was User Illusion 1 and 2 and I said to myself if I ever have a band or an act or whatever I want to do a double album one day just so I can put this dream to bed. And I did that with Slave to the Passion. And I did one album entirely instrumental and the other one entirely vocal. I'm very happy with it. I'm very pleased with how the album turned out. That was like a dream I always wanted to realize, like have a double album. Something that I needed to take care of. Now I'm good. You know, now I'll do just EPs and long players and no more double albums. But I had to do one
0: double album
1: in my life. <laughs> well, what about... Uh... Your album, I mean, you've talked about it a bunch, like the album you did, the Bach one. I mean, how long, how much music is on that one?
0: Oh,
2: it's about 65 minutes, and it's just, it's about 25 pieces from Bach. And it took me about three years, two and a half years to record and arrange it all. Yeah, so that was my biggest effort in music that I ever did. You know?
1: Can you explain something to me? Because I was looking this up. With track titles, often there are like these initials that are in the songs. Yeah, B-B-W. B-W-B, BWV, yeah. Yeah, BWV. So I'm looking this up, and it's like Bach Work of Versencheisness or something. I- it means Bachwerkverzeichnis, which means number of Bach's work
2: canon. And it's just an orientation system because he's got over thousands of works. And so you need numbers to really find your way around. And that's what it is here. That's the system. And when you record a piece of Bach and you release it, you always put put that number... And that initials with it, so people know what, what you're talking about. Because if you, if you if you call it Sonata in C minor, there's like hundreds of that, you know? Right. But you need that number so people know which piece you actually mean. It stands for Bachwerke Verzeichnis in German. And it's just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: It's like the classy version of, you know, when you're an artist and you have a bunch of songs on your computer and you have to name them really fast? Yeah. And so you just have folders full of, like, kind of gibberish named files?
2: My work titles are beyond ridiculous, so I know what you mean. Sometimes numbers would be even better and more... Because back then, people didn't give titles to their music, you know? They were just like a prelude or a sonata or a fugue or whatever, and then the the tonality, like C minor or G major, whatever, and that's it. That was the entire name for that thing. So uh, after a couple of songs, you can imagine that the confusion was growing, so you needed numbers, and all these things were done by the biographic workers who came after the composers like we have the same system for Mozart and Wagner or Vivaldi you know every every composer has its has their mexico number system done by a uh, one big fan 100 years after they died you know and but that's what makes it you know gave, gave this whole work body of work a structure in the system and some kind of orientation for us so it's essential that somebody did that so that album was a big dream of mine and, and i'm very happy that i did it and it still gives me a lot of happiness and pleasure these days because I know I'll never do something like that again.
1: Yeah, well, why don't we uh, listen to a track from it, man? I picked this one because this one's nice and epic. It's a uh, contata. Is that how you say that? Yes. B- BWV29. The classical music I like is like the big shit, you know, like when it goes all epic and there's lots of stuff going on in the background and things. Yes. So this is an example of that, man. And this is a uh, contata BWV29 by Johann Sebastian Bach as interpreted by... Wait, did you do this as Ultra Boss or by PJ? Well, PJ
2: actually, I did it before Ultra Boss existed, but I re-released the album under the Ultra Boss name. So that, if you are an Ultra Boss fan, you might even get some, you know, unusual content now.
1: So this is, uh, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, let, let's just listen to the damn song. <laughs> And that was Contata, B-L-B-W, fuck me, Contata, no, Cantata, can. Can Cantata, yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, the fun thing about this song is that it was first performed in 1735, can you imagine that, in Leipzig, Germany. Just imagine how many years ago this song was first played and listened to.
1: Now just imagine if this was the version they heard.
2: Oh, well they would have had one big orgy after that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It would have been like aliens landed. They're like, what the fuck? All these crazy sounds.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's one of my best pieces. Yeah, I'm very proud of that. And it took me a long time to get that fingering across because it's not written for guitar. So if you want to play it on guitar, you have to sit down and really focus on getting it on the guitar. That took me a long time, and I'm very proud of that. Fingering because it's my own personal fingering on the guitar, and um, I
1: just I can never hear that word without it's a it's a tricky word. I'm smiling too,
2: you know. I know always when I say fingering, it's, it's like <laughs>
1: I know, like I know we're talking about music, but it's like it's is there there literally isn't another word, is there?
2: No, there isn't
1: so it has to be that word so that's just the way it is
2: the f word yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> tata. so there is a fun video promo you did was that for this album the one where you're in the church
2: yeah it was a promo video for that album yeah back in 2016
1: yeah that video is awesome where you, you like you walk up to the church and there's all these ladies that kind of like show up and it's great
2: yeah so that's part of the Bach promo thing that was that and I had a great time doing that I yeah, that was all for promo purposes And now after all this time It's like fun to watch it Enjoy the music
1: Was it difficult like securing permission Or did you guys just run in there When everyone was gone? No,
2: no, no It's very easy You just call the priest And tell him what you want to do And he said yes Because once you say Bach And playing in the church And all that You know it was never really complicated for me It was very easy actually
1: I'd like to do that same thing And just be like Oh, it's all about classical music And then all of a sudden You ship in a bus Of like just 80 naked ladies
2: Yeah I know, I know. I thought about that, too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What was your number? I I picked 80.
2: Oh, my number was 256. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was, you know, you can do that. And I thought, that's weird because the priest went off. He just gave me the key and he said, just remember to close the doors when you're done. And it took us like four hours to shoot that video. And I said, well, we should do some more stuff, like additional b-side scenes or stuff i mean we're all alone in here but um <laughs> unfortunately nobody agreed so we left it like that
1: <laughs> okay so is there an actual meaning to the words you know like sonata and fugue and stuff like that like do those mean something or are they just words
2: yes they express the construction and the style of the piece like a fugue is not like a sonata and stuff like that a fugue is a, is a piece of music where at least two to six, two up to six voices who are absolutely different from each other and have their own dynamic stuff and melody. They make up one big, beautiful thing in the end. So the fugue is a very complicated but also very beautiful style of music, a style of song and of composing. So that's one, for example, one one term that ciphers what the music. Is about that you're about to hear. And there's sonatas, there's concertos, there's everything. There's preludes, you know, there's dozens of names that actually describe what you're about to hear.
1: Because one of my favorite pieces is, you know, like the Moonlight Sonata.
2: Yes, exactly. The Moonlight Sonata is a piece that, first of all, it's one of the piano sonatas. And it comes from Italian sonata, which means actually just sounding or playing. Sonata is actually just, it means just musical piece actually. It's the most neutral term that you can use for a piece but it's always with a certain level of elegance and dignity so sonatas is mostly used for pieces like that, like the Moonlight Sonata it's all piano and I used to play it when I was, you know, when I graduated from from college, I did music and and I had to play that, play pieces on piano, I actually played the Moonlight Sonata it's one of my favorite pieces by Beethoven and it shows you very well that the classical music consists of that the sonata as a a term is, is very essential in classical music because it's like the the McDonald's of of music pieces classical music. You know?
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's why I didn't want to bring it up because you have this passion for uh, for classical music that I, I don't want to bring up the song that like, you know that song that everybody knows? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, look, I, I could have said fucking Flight of the Bumblebee or something. Like I could have yeah, chosen, uh, you know.
2: But that's it's good that you mentioned it because Flight of the Bumblebee would never be called a sonata, you know? I think it's a scherzo or, or a presto. I don't know what what he called it. Just to show you, show you that uh, the Moonlight Sonata being so different from Flight of the Bumblebee is rightfully called the Moonlight Sonata, and the Flight of the Bumblebee doesn't really have that term in it at all, I think. I don't know it exactly, because I'm not very familiar with that piece and its composer.
1: Well, how about um, we listen to another track from uh, Slave to the Passion, because obviously this is a, this is a great album. Who is uh, Rico?
2: Rico Frankie. Michael Oakley introduced me to him. And because I once asked Michael if he knew a singer and stuff like that, I was looking for singers. And it turns out that they uh, are good friends and used to play together, and Rico lives in Scotland, I believe and uh, is also Italian and a very, very wonderful singer and uh, very talented, very friendly, uh, a great friend of mine and I really like him. I yeah, even wrote three songs for him on this album, so uh, he's a fantastic singer and uh, was introduced to me by Michael Oakley, the singer that you know. Yeah, so that's, that's all there is to it. I mean, I, I was looking for a singer and I asked Michael and he said, check out my buddy, Rico here, and I liked him immediately, and we hit it off. I mean, we we, just, we recorded a couple songs together, and we will record a few more in the future, obviously. And um, a great, great friend, and uh, really love him.
1: All right, man. Well, let's uh, let's listen to it. This is "Loving You All Night" by Ultra Boss featuring Rico Frankie. <laughs> And that was "Loving You All Night" featuring Rico Frankie. Is that how you say that name, Frankie? Like that?
2: Well, in Italian, you it would say Frankie.
1: Frankie, Francois. Frankie, yeah. like that. Frankie. But,
2: yeah, but since he lives in Scotland, I guess they call him Frankie.
1: Frankie. Yeah, see. Frankie sounds like I'm doing like that American thing of like not pronouncing a thing correctly on purpose.
2: Yeah, I always think of Frankie goes to Hollywood when I when I hear it. Next. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but that was a cool track. So we can probably start. Kind of winding this down a bit, but what is uh, what does the future hold here for Ultra Boss?
2: Well, if things go my way, I, I plan to release a couple more albums and EPs, and then I would like to stop producing and stop releasing and focus more on getting ultra bus out there on the road and have a live band and just play the stuff live that i used to produce and and release some albums you know that would be my goal actually apart from all the box stuff because that's like the main priority but i guess ultra bus is growing in my own little priority book and i want to get it out there on the road i mean that would probably be my biggest goal to create a live version of Ultra Boss and then make sure that I can play a couple of live shows. What I would also love to do is like get this band going with Sebastian Gamble once our album is out and um, stuff like that. But uh, it's always going to be like music related.
1: Did you end up uh, getting another girlfriend after that one in 2016?
2: Yes, 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 yes. I did. And um, I'm happy and um, hopefully we'll stay that way. And um, I wrote a couple of songs actually when i was falling in love and when i was like all you know when everything was fresh and new and i wrote a couple of really great songs one of which is currently being recorded by robert beachgrove you know i always use my my life my real life and the things that happen in there as inspiration and motivation for creation of music because that really works when you're sad and depressed write great stuff just as much as when you're happy and excited so I like that both things make sense to to have from time to time and you have to embrace it all because that's what life is and if you can transform it into something with an aesthetic value even better, you know. And I hope that this next single that I'm working on with Robert right now will be just as good as Slave to the Passion and stuff like that that came out there. There's always hope.
1: Who sings on uh, Heart or Sound? That's me,
2: actually. Oh, I like that one. Thank you. Well, people say I sound like Ozzy when I sing.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I felt that way, yeah.
2: I was looking for a singer for this one and I didn't find one, so that's why I sing,
0: you know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I actually wanted somebody else to sing because I don't think I'm a very good singer i mean i have my accent and all that but um i actually sing that one but as i said just because i didn't seem to find a, a singer who wanted to sing it so i ended up singing it myself and you know put it out on the album
1: well i liked it man i thought it was good
2: thank you i heard that from a lot of people that they like it and i guess i'll keep on singing that way on the next
1: one. And I definitely, yeah, I did I did hear the the Aussie vibe as well in the vocals. There was like a few words here and there. I was like, okay, that like, kind of reminded me of that. So I thought that was cool.
2: I don't even do that on purpose. It's probably my breathing and my nose and the shape of my throat. I don't know what it is, but it's
1: like... Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you and your your throat shape. Yeah. I've always said you know. that about you.
2: Yeah. You know that guy with a weird-shaped throat? Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sentences you've never heard in your life Yeah (laughs) (laughs) Well look dude Listen uh, It was fun to uh, chat with you And to, to meet you
2: Same here man My pleasure It's been a privilege and an honor To have been your guest on this show. Yeah, thank you for having me again and for the beautiful interview.
1: Oh, it was beautiful. So next time we can uh, we can just talk about Naked Ladies for the whole thing. That can be our next oh, uh,
2: I would love that. I would love that. <laughs> <Naked Ladies. laughs>
1: I and mean, I'm sure my audience would too, actually. I don't they're, they're a bunch of degenerates. Really? Oh, I know. I, I guess it's... Well, let's do that. Let's focus on another appointment and just talk about ladies.
2: Just one more thing. I'm actually working on an album, which is going to be called Gorgeous Ladies of Synth. And I'll have like, I don't know, eight or nine songs in it that will be sung exclusively by all the famous singers of the synth scene, like Donna and uh, Nina and uh, Oceanside 85. You know, I'm working on tunes for, for these special performers.
1: Oh, cool. Because I'm a ladies man.
2: And so people should
1: know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <stay> <laughs> just, love, and people should know that. <laughs> <laughs> So I,
2: I'm working on this, um, because I work with Ocean, Oceanside 85 on a tune called Glow for Glorious Ladies of Wrestling, mm. and we did that, and I said, well, let's do that, and stuff like that. So that's where this idea was born, and I'm, I'm still planning on doing that, because I think it would be fun to have me do an album, produce an album where only women are singing. I've been thinking about that for quite a while, and I'm actually working on it right now. So, you know, I got a lot of stuff on my plate working on stuff parallel to others, so you know i like to keep myself super busy
1: we've had like a, a lot of output and a lot of collabs and stuff so it's cool and and we uh, we look forward to hearing more music from Ultra Boss
2: Thank you Andy that's a nice thing to say
1: <laughs> <laughs> When it said that calm that's my favorite thing it's just yes that is a nice thing to say <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. All right, man. Well, look, you have a lovely day. I think maybe we'll end uh, the show listening to a track. We just talked about Heart or Sound. I think it'd be nice to end on because I think it's a cool track. Yeah. And you have a lovely day in Vienna. And it was uh, lovely to chat with you.
2: Thank you very much. It was my pleasure. Have a great day back there in Toronto. You're in the past. I mean, here it's like 6 and 6 p.m. And uh, I guess you're still a couple hours early into your day.
1: Yes, not even lunchtime yet.
2: Wow, beautiful. Thank you for having me. It's been great, and uh, I loved it, and I hope people will enjoy it. And thank you for supporting my stuff. Looking forward to coming back on your show. It's a slightly different topic. And I could do the whole interview talking like Arnold yeah. or <laughs> oh, like that.
1: I didn't know that was an option. If I... Oh, that's an option. <laughs> Everything is optional. <laughs>
2: Thank you again for everything.
1: my chat with UltraBus. Uh, it was fun to chat with him. He makes lots of cool music, so don't forget to go check that out. And I will talk to you all next week on Beyond Synth. Well, we'll I'll, you'll hear me again on the High Five on Friday, but I will also talk to you again next week on Beyond Synth. And then maybe next week, too, we'll also know the schedule of the... Uh, live stream and stuff like that. Alright, I gotta go edit this, man. You have a lovely week, and you guys are all awesome, and thank you for being a cool audience and supporting this show. Uh, you guys make me smile, and don't forget to enjoy your hashtag back to school. Does anyone enjoy hashtag back to school? Why do I keep saying that? (laughs) Bye!
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth or visit beyondsynth.com and click on support the show. Beyond Synth is made possible by the awesome Patreon supporters. Don't forget to follow Beyond Synth on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Live broadcasts can be heard weekly on Twitch at twitch.tv slash beyond underscore synth. Have a lovely week.